You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world. Now we're going to come to the Word, and you're going to share with us uh, something that's been on your heart uh, for all of us at Easter. Yeah, I think, you know, we have two sons, and um, I don't even read the book, A Tale of Two Cities. Yes. But often in Scripture, Jesus will contrast two things through parables or the Bible talks about there were two this or there were two that. And the whole point of two is to create contrast. And in creating contrast, it shows what's good, what's not good. And so that's why I've called today uh, a tale of two, because there's three specific situations I want to look at. The first is a tale of two sons, which is well known, the prodigal son and the elder brother, the story of a loving father who had to handle the tension in his own home. Uh, It's in Luke 15. All these three stories are in Luke. So, honey, if you could do the honors and read it. Luke 15. Uh, Let's follow the passage. This is the parable of the lost son, um, as told by Jesus back in the day. Luke 15. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Then he came to his senses. He said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Wow. Well, wonderful story. But um, you know what hits me about the story is actually both sons were lost. Both sons were lost. One was lost outside the house 
and one was actually lost inside the house because the younger son didn't understand the father's house, the protection it provided. But the elder son did not understand the father's heart. He was in the house, but he didn't have the father's heart. And really the, the key point to this is not so much the younger son's return, but the elder son's wrestle right. with how the father could be so forgiving. I mean, Easter is all about forgiveness. Easter is all about the fact that Jesus died to forgive our sins. And the older brother really can trigger the justice vein in all of us. Yes. We go, that's not fair. He, he, he fooled around, he messed around. Yes. And now just like that, you, he says, sorry. And you know, and I think there's something about the older brother that, we, that awakes in all of us yes. at some level. And really what the father said to the older brother, the father was so kind. He said to the older brother, listen, your good performance never qualified you for all that you have because all that you have is yours right. and neither did your younger brother's bad performance disqualify him because neither his bad performance disqualified nor your good performance qualified mm. it's only your position as sons and i think that's the, the the miracle of easter because what jesus did is he literally made the house open for every child whether good or bad and you might feel in one of those two categories man you know what i'm okay i'm a good person i don't really do anything wrong i don't really need a savior i don't really need god or jesus i haven't killed anybody uh, or you might be on the other end where you go oh listen i don't deserve a savior i've done so much wrong and i want to tell you that you're not so good you don't need saving and you're not so bad you can't get saving mm -hmm. and the whole power of the cross is that god died for both sons yeah. he died for the sons outside the house and he died for the sons inside the house and so, you know, let that contrast whether you come from the, the work side or the grace side. And right, that's really what it represents. Yes. The elder brother thought, man, what about the works that he didn't do and the works that I have done? And Easter represents what the father said in that parable towards the end. Listen, everything I have is yours. And sonship is today available to every person and sonship gender neutral every man and every woman can become a child of God because of who he is to you not because of what you haven't done or because of what you have done and uh, you know we've got so many testimonies and stories of people prodigals who've come back home yes. people who've been lost and by the grace of God have come back home yes. and I know you were telling me about a great story in Singapore do you want to tell us more we'd love to watch that Yes, we have a story about Wayne from Singapore, who, how he found Christ and how he found Kingdom City. So why don't we watch this beautiful testimony about Wayne's story. I wasn't born or raised a Christian. I grew up in a very traditional Chinese family. I was the only child of the family, so I was raised pampered and spoiled. I was quite an angry kid back then. I didn't think of what I wanted to be. I just wanted to make a lot of money. So three years ago, I started a hawker business with a partner of mine. We expanded too fast and there was a lack of manpower and I soon burned out. I had no life, huh? I really had no life. So every day is very meaningless. It's just work and sleep, work and sleep. I was basically alone. No one really understood or know my pain and I wouldn't share it with anyone because uh, I didn't want anyone to know how vulnerable I was. So in order to escape this reality, I started drinking a lot. When I was drinking, when I was high, I would just forget about everything. There wasn't once that when I go drinking, I wouldn't have a hangover. It's an everyday thing. Because of this drinking habit and the places I go to, I racked up a huge debt. 
on my credit card bills. In order to solve all these problems, I became an unlicensed money lender runner. AKA, I became a, a long runner. I was told to splash paint at houses and I was told to give, issue them warning letters. I tried to justify my own means uh, to make myself feel less guilty. Despite me being dressed like a ninja, I got caught 20 hours later after my first job. It was really quite embarrassing because I was handcuffed outside my door. A lot of thoughts ran through my mind like, what did my mom do to deserve such a son like me? So going to and full court, uh, I was finally incarcerated on 22nd October 2018. And it was the most heart-wrenching moment of my life. So I was sentenced 14 months and three strokes of Kate. And that was the day I last saw Singapore. After some time in prison, I was getting burdened by a lot of overthinking. I miss my family and friends. I miss my loved ones, the food, the drinks, the alcohol, the cigarettes. And two weeks after uh, in imprisonment, a guy came into my cell and he brought in this really thick book that looks like an encyclopedia. I was quite intrigued because there was nothing to do inside. So for the first time in my life, I started reading the Bible. I realized it was a study Bible. Uh, at first, it was all interesting, like all storybooks uh, in Genesis, like how God created the world and stuff like that. And at that point of time, I started thinking, is God real? So finally, on 24th of November 2018, when the lights were off, I nudged my friend and asked him, Bro, how do I pray? Because my concept of a Christian prayer is something, it's like a long speech that you have to memorize. And he said, no, bro, a Christian prayer is a conversation with the Father himself. So it can start off like, Father, I know this is going to be awkward because this is my first time talking to you and doing this. And you just move off from there. And I started praying. I do not know what came over me, but I just confess of every single sin. Right then when I said Amen, all these burdens has been lifted off all my shoulders and I felt so light. And for the past 30 years of my life, I have never experienced such peace. And I gave my life to Christ then. I do not know how, but I started crying and God felt so real then. I finally got released on 2nd of August 2019. And that cell made me a promise in prison, saying that uh, when I got released, uh, he's going to bring me to Kingdom City. It's really amazing coming to Kingdom City. It really feels like home. I believe life is a lot more meaningful now because God is there for me. I mean, compared to the last time uh, when I was chasing after money, now it's, it's different every day. It's just different things to look forward to. Uh, serving in church, uh, connecting with people. God changed me from an immature, angsty boy to someone so happy. Someone who never takes things for granted and who appreciates everything in life. It's because of him that now I am all free from all shame and condemnation. When it's the darkest, he will shine the brightest. For anyone who believes in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed and the new has come. 
Well, what a powerful story, an amazing testimony. And uh, so now we go to the a tale of two prayers. Tale of two sons we looked at now, a tale of two prayers. And uh, I want us to look at Luke chapter 18, just a few more pages over, verse 9 through 14, where Jesus tells the story of two men who went to pray. So can you read that for us, son? To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like the other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like the tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Mm. Yeah, wow. So you can see in the first parable, Jesus talks about two sons and how really it's a works and a grace thing that gets challenged in the mind of the elder son. Here, he talks about what it looks like when you carry on with the works, because the first guy goes into pray and he's self-righteous. Really, this is a, com a comparison of self-righteous versus repentant. Mm -hmm. And you've got the first person coming to God and praying, almost talking about his works. Yeah. I do this, I do that, I'm not. And in fact, it, it, when you works based, the extension of that, it actually leads to self-righteousness, which even leads to judgmentalism. Mm -hmm. And you can hear in his prayer, he even says, not like those guys. So he, he stops, he doesn't even stop at what he's done. He's pointing to what everyone else hasn't done. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the dangers is even as Christians, uh, we can often become self-righteous and even judgmental. Mm -hmm. Nothing worse than people pointing the finger. Jesus warned us against eye surgery on our brother when there's always issues in our own heart and nothing I think breaks the heart of God to see his own body divided. I mean, Easter is when he literally broke his body and we've been breaking it ever since with our division and our quarrel and our critique of one another. And really, when you come to the house of God, the Bible says in Matthew 6, that when you pray, go into your room, shut your door and pray to your father who's in the secret place and your father who sees in secret. He says, do not be like the hypocrites with their vain and re rep re repetitive words. And so we really see in this tale, yeah. a challenge of self-righteousness and repentance. And so if we know that grace is the issue, we've also got to, even as believers, and even if you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you, you can talk to God. What I loved about Wayne's testimony yes. was he's talking about how I didn't know how to talk to God. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't really have a reference. My concern is what have we done as a religious community that we've painted a picture yeah. that to approach God, if you don't know Him, you need to come dressed in flowery language and you Formal. know form. And, 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 and I'm so glad Wayne did because Wayne, God hears the heart of not only Wayne's words, but he, yeah. of anybody who would cry out to Him in the most honest way. This tax collector comes, doesn't, the Bible says, not even raise his eyes toward heaven. Yeah. He beats his breast and says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. You know, I just wonder whether in this season we don't compare, we don't become judgmental. You know, tensions are frayed. Yes. People are quarantined. They're stuck in the same house. Fuses are going to get short. <laughs> I mean, you and I, we're not yes. like that. We don't fight ever. There's the first lie on camera, but really <laughs> the whole idea that we don't, uh, you know, we're going to have to learn how to deal with this yeah. thing. It's always remembering our own brokenness that actually insulates us from becoming self-righteous yeah. and judgmental. Um, but let's fight the temptation this season 
to compare, to criticize, and just come to God contrite, come to God broken. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a song that we sang in the, in the worship, uh, the second verse of It Is Well With My Soul. My sin, not in part, but the whole, was nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. I get emotional even thinking in the line every time I say it, because God is drawn to vulnerable brokenness. He's not drawn to performance. He's not drawn to our perfect records. He's not drawn to some level of achievement. And he certainly doesn't need to know our list of achievements. I think he's a father who's proud, but when we come to him, we must come contrite, we must come broken. And and, and that, that tale of two prayers highlights a whole nother tension. Yeah. But I know that we've had many people in this season crying out to God in their own vulnerable way. Yeah. And um, I know we've had many testimonies. Is there any that you can share? Some that you can just, um, you know, share with all of us? Um, I know people can submit them anytime, but I know that you, you had a few that you'd like to share. Yeah, so we've can had you share some, some great testimonies in this season of how people have really cried out to God and God has heard them. Uh, this testimony is from Chris from Perth and he was actually, his family was living in Wuhan wow. where coronavirus has allegedly started. Oh, it did start there. And uh, they had left the country uh, to go on a holiday and that's when the government had declared it a state of emergency so they couldn't come back so they came back to Perth where they're from and they had no place to live and so they started praying God you got to give us a place and they needed a place where they could leave anytime because they don't know how long the season uh, will go for and uh, a place with with cheap rent and no bond so they started praying they had no contacts or anything but then a few days after they started praying somebody called them uh, in the church and gave them a unit for free and said they could stay as long as they want, didn't need to pay board. And um, it was everything that they wanted in this unit. So, you know, they really cried out to God in need. And that was amazing. Amazing. We've also had a lot of salvation testimonies uh, in this last season of going online, because now we're able to go to places that uh, where normally people wouldn't come to church. Mm -hmm. You know, we're bringing church into the homes. So this is from Jasmine in KL and her mother uh, was an unbeliever who would not go to church with with Jasmine. She always asked her to come to church at Kingdom City, but she just refused. And then when this whole season came about, they asked her, would you just watch church with us online? So she watched it. She said the sinner's prayer, gave her heart to the Lord. And now she's sending out the links of church to all her friends. Jasmine's mom might be watching right now. And family, yes. Hi, Jasmine's mom. Good job, Jasmine. We love you. Looking forward to meeting you when we're allowed to travel. Yes. And then there is Wilson from Cambodia. Mm -hmm. This is a healing testimony. So Wilson was really sick. He'd been sick since the end of February. He had back aches, he had uh, dizziness, headaches, all sorts of things. And he was getting a fever and it was getting worse and worse. And on March 29, he wanted to watch Kingdom City online, but he was so sick. But anyway, he was lying in bed with this really bad back ache and fever. He couldn't even get out of bed, but he tuned into church. And as the praise and worship was going on, he felt this urge to get up and move and start to worship wow. and dance wow. with our with our worship team. Mm. And as he did it, he realized his back ache went completely 
and his fever started to go down and by the next day completely healed uh, no fever he felt the best he ever had um, amazing since in February. hope you're doing well Wilson and again like you said we had so many testimonies so remember the many. first week we had five Alice's come in report that's right he, you know healing and yes. God touching them and then we've had some that probably a bit more confidential yeah. that we can't really share however if you do have a testimony make sure you scan the QR code or go to our webpage uh, we would love to hear about it shout out about it and also if you have a prayer request we'd love to pray for you too so make sure you go on our website or scan the QR code now and that will uh, send a uh, message to our prayer team and we will pray for you. And so after the tale of two sons and the tale of two prayers, the last one for today, I want to talk about the tale of two thieves. This is not a parable unlike the first two. This is something that actually happened and it takes us right to the scene of what this weekend is all about. The scene on Good Friday yes. as two thieves not two sons, not two people going to the temple, but two thieves were crucified alongside or right on either side of Jesus. And so we turn over a few pages in Luke 23, 39 to 43. Uh, if you could read that, hon. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Amazing. I mean, if the if the two sons contrasted grace and works, if the two prayers contrasted self-righteous and repentance, the two thieves contrast humility and pride. Here they are, two men at the end of their life, knowing that the end is near. Yeah. A lot of pro people prophesying the end is near right here, right now, and you know, who knows when the end is. But the reality is every one of us today, no matter where in the world you're at, we are like one of those thieves. The question is which one? We're all thieves. We've all sinned. The Bible says every man, woman and child has sinned, fallen short of the, of the glory of God. And that's why this weekend and in a moment when we have communion, the whole idea of this is to celebrate, to remember and to ask God. And really the, the first sinner blasphemes and he's hanging on a cross frustrated at his confinement. He's literally confined to a cross and he's complaining and moaning to God, although he doesn't know it's God. Come on, save yourself, save us. And maybe we find ourselves in this season crying out to God, but really it's a complaint saying, come on, God, get us off this cross, get us out of this situation, get us out of this thing. And really it's an arrogance because all of us, are, the wages of our own sin is death. Right. What we're in now is nothing compared to the hell God died to save us from. And yet at the same time, the, the other thief in, who probably lived no better a life has a moment of repentance and really his prayer embodies a little bit of the son, the prodigal son, yeah. and a little bit of the sinner in Luke 18. And he's got a, a brokenness about him. He's got a, a repentance about him. Yeah. And really most of all is he's got a humility. And I think this season without wanting to get too dramatic, there's a humility that is really the virtue that is going to lead us out of this situation. Mm. We need to be humble ourselves before God because the Bible says God gives grace to the humble. And when you look at the approach of these two thieves, yeah. we find one coming with anger and pride, the other coming with brokenness and humility. And Jesus says this, assuredly, I say to you today, 
You know, I really believe that there are people who want to be assured of their salvation today. There are people who want to be assured, like you're dying and you're literally God. I don't know if I'm assured. And the word of the Lord in Luke 23 to the thief who had no real good record because his works took him to the cross and he had no chance to prove his salvation. But we're not, we're not saved by our works, we're saved by our faith. And as he humbly turned himself to God, I hope and pray that today, wherever you're at, you will turn your heart towards God. In fact, right now, I want to encourage you that maybe you're with a group, maybe you're by yourself, maybe you're at home, literally by yourself or with your family or your housemates. I want to encourage you to turn your heart towards God. Let's learn from the, from the prodigal son, from the tax collector and from the thief who cried out to God in humility, that really it's by grace. This weekend is about the grace of God that was released to the repentant and to the humble. And that's what we find ourselves in today, needing a savior. Our world needs a savior more than ever. Our, our, our lives need saving more than ever. And not just saving from a sick state, but from our sinful state. And the cross provided the cure for both. And so I wanna encourage you right now to just bow your head in prayer or, and maybe if you're far away from God or you don't know that you're saved, the words of Jesus come to assure you as he came to that thief, assuredly, assuredly, surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And I wanna pray right now and join us in prayer that you will, by meaning these words, as you speak them aloud in your home, in your bedroom, in your workplace, wherever you happen to be in right now this Easter, Join us because God's word is true and he says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. So let's pray together. Let's pray. Repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I give you my whole heart. I give you my whole heart. Thank you, Thank you for dying on the cross for me. For dying on the cross for me. I receive you now. I receive you now. By faith. By faith. As my Lord and Savior. As my Lord and Savior. Come into my life. Come into my life. And change me. And change me. From the inside out. From the inside out. Help me to follow you. Help me to follow from you. From this day on. From this day on. I believe. I believe. And declare. And declare. That I am forgiven. That I am forgiven. That I am clean. That I am clean. That I am accepted. That I am accepted. And I am your child. And I am your child. In your name I pray. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that He loves you very much. So much that He died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.